0: Hi, it's James here. I'm coming to you pre-recorded. It is the night of Thursday the 11th. Just say that because what I'm going to be talking about is an evolving situation. Protests across the United States. It's now, uh, there's now been protests in over 350 cities, some of them violent. The protests have been trending larger, but also more peaceful. There have been less incidents of police brutality in dealing with the protests than there were at the beginning. But on social media, you still see pictures of people with their eyes shot out by rubber bullets or hit in the head by tear gas canisters. People surrendering, videos of people surrendering to the police and then still being beaten and assaulted. It's quite... Interesting the way the reaction to these protests is really proving the protesters point, I would say. Just to really establish a sense of the scale here. This is something I heard from someone living in New York in Brooklyn. And this is this is from this week. So he he was saying that he would he would go out in the day to protest, but what he would do is he would leave his house and he would wander around uh, for 10 minutes. Now, he, he lives in the vicinity of the Berkeley Center, which is a center of protesting activity. But he'd wander around for 10 minutes. He'd run into a protest. He'd join the protest for some time. Then, then he'd leave it to go home. And on the way home, he'd run into another protest and uh, walk with that for a while. He talked about joining quite a small one that then grew so that it filled the street as far as the eye could see. There, there's basically like, in these major metropolitan centers in the US, there's protests around police precincts. Like, what, once an hour, a new protest begins. It's quite, quite impressive, the sheer kind of volume of people and the dedication of some of their organize, the organizers, but also just the amount of people that are showing up all throughout the day. So that's that's like what you're dealing with in terms of like the nature of the protests themselves. I want to zero in on just two two particularly interesting cases in Minneapolis and Seattle. Minneapolis is, of course, where George Floyd lived and died, and it is very much the epicenter of this movement. What happened there was some protesters out actually burned down the police precinct where the officers who killed George Floyd uh, worked. They burned it down. And what has happened since, despite all of Trump's rhetoric about cracking down on these protesters and, you you know, he sent in the National Guard to 32 states. But what's happened is the Minneapolis City Council has actually voted with a veto-proof majority to disband the Minneapolis police force what this means is somewhat uncertain what what will take the police the place of the police force you know will it be a private security contractor thing will it be a a, a peacekeeping force that you know will will any new force be carrying guns or not you know will the city be investing the money that goes to the police force into community housing, uh, social programs, welfare programs that will actually start to solve some of the social problems endemic in these cities. Because while, you know, abolishing, disbanding, defunding the police is a key demand of these protests, it can't be denied that there are problems in these cities. Now, I would argue that police, policing is the least effective way to deal with crime, most of this crime is a byproduct of inequality and poverty and ills that pervade the US, which is a severely unequal society. So I think there's plenty of evidence to suggest that crime goes down when you invest in people's welfare, in community welfare. So it's it'd be interesting to watch as the situation develops in Minneapolis, but you can't deny that these protesting tactics... Even the burning down of a police station were supremely effective. It, it it won't happen everywhere, of course, but I'm sure to see to see the these effects of these protests, like real tangible effects, drastic drastic reform, are uh, being put in place is <laughs> quite in- well. It's inspiring. The other place I want to talk about is Seattle, in the Capitol Hill area in the city of Seattle, and autonomous zone has actually been declared. This was like the site of like a lot of clashes between protesters and police in the previous weeks. But what's actually happened now is the police have withdrawn from the area completely. And the protesters have claimed it as, as I said, an autonomous zone, meaning they've blocked off the streets to cars, you know, everyone's walking on the sidewalks. It's being run as a a little semi permanent community. It actually reminds me, you know, it's reminiscent of the the kind of general idea of the Paris Commune, just a, a city running itself, kind of kind of without government. And the well, the that the Paris Commune was actually the only you know major anarchist revolution in uh, modern history, and. The New York Times has been interviewing some of the people in in, in, in this zone in Seattle, and many of them identify as anarchists. Some of them also just really want to prioritise racial issues so that there is some tension in the organising and in the people in this community over what the best approach is, what demand should be. But it really does remain to be seen what's going to happen here. Trump's called... Trump's called the protesters domestic terrorists and called on the governor, Jay Inslee, to like regain control. But city figures, the fire chiefs, the Department of Transportation have really been cooperating with with the zone. I mean, w- what it's what some of the people there are calling it is the the Free Republic of Capitol Hill. It's a f- the f- banner at the front of the area but it does remain to be seen like how this will develop will the police come back in and break it up or will this be an ongoing thing how long will this last for will it be to become an officially autonomous area just got a quote here from one of the people there this is in an article in the new york times a 23 year old doctor john moore saying, we are trying to prove through action and practice that we don't need them, he's referring to police, and we can fulfill the community's needs without them. Very interesting stuff. I don't think anyone could have really pictured just a month ago, you know, protesters having taken over a major major area in a major US city or a city disbanding its police force. There's real... Radical change is happening uh, at quite a fast pace. So this is an incredible moment, I think. Maybe the status quo beginning to collapse. It, it remains to be seen.